Hi, I'm April Klimkevich. And I'm Amanda McClooney, and this is Her Step Forward, where we share stories from women who step up, step out, and step forward into careers and lives they love. Anna Korsadovich is an IT professional currently working as senior producer on a popular free-to-play mobile game. In the past, she worked as a localization manager, team lead in data QA, head of data management, and product manager for companies like Nokia, Apple, and Kayak. Anna is originally from Poland, and in her 20s, she decided to pursue her lifelong dream to live a life full of adventures. The number one adventure was to try to live abroad. Since then, she has lived in Finland, Ireland, and she's currently living in Denmark with her partner. She's a singer, songwriter, traveler, scuba diver, and she's passionate about psychology and linguistics. And a few years ago, Anna took up skateboarding. Anna lives strongly by the rule of riding the waves of life and giving in to unexpected chances life sometimes throws at us, even if they perhaps divert us from the original plan we had already meticulously put together. You never know what surprises may be waiting for you around the corner. All you need to say is, yes, I'll try that. Hello, Anna. Welcome. Hi. We're so glad you can join us today, and I feel like we are following your rule of riding the waves of life because this was an unplanned meeting that um, we had actually planned to meet next week instead, and due to a series of circumstances, we are all available and recording now. So (laughs) thank you, and we're definitely listening to your motto. Yes, decision made in five minutes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Here we are, just Copenhagen connecting to Florida. (laughs) That's right. So you have an exciting life. You have exciting hobbies. You met my sister when you were both singing backup for a Pink Floyd cover band in Finland. Tell us about your pursuit of music. Pursuit of music. Um, Yes, Um, music's been a huge part of my life uh, since I was a little girl singing in front of the mirror with a deodorant in my hand, (laughs) Um, dreaming of becoming, I think Whitney Houston was back then my number one favorite uh, singer. Um, So yeah, uh, lots of funny stories and uh, some more or less successful attempts of um, being on the stage. Um, very funny memory of one of the failed attempts, uh, me and my best friend with whom we've taken up guitar and even wrote songs together, decided to participate in this local competition in a small cultural center. Uh, and even though we were really well prepared, um, and very excited about this opportunity, we forgot the lyrics of our own song on the stage. (laughs) I can still, you know, feel in my body (laughs) that embarrassment that I felt back then. Um, But that didn't really discourage me from uh, trying. And uh, I think the real uh, chance to do something serious about it came very spontaneously um, in Finland which actually ending up in Finland was also another very spontaneous story. Um, but yes, at work I met, uh, I met people who, uh, who had this band. 
tribute to Pink Floyd. And I have to, um, I have to tell you here that Pink Floyd has been um, a band that's been incredibly, incredibly important to me um, because it's the favorite band of my dad. And he would put those Pink Floyd records uh, instead of lullabies or whatever using uh, vinyls. Uh, so I've been listening to Animals or a Dark Side of the Moon albums on vinyl uh, when I was like two or three or four years old. Actually, some of my earliest memories is Pink Floyd's music. Um, and I remember shouting uh, to the other room uh, when site A would finish uh, for my parents to come and switch it to site B. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Pink Floyd, Pink Floyd's music in particular uh, has really made a mark uh, on my life. Um, and then suddenly I'm in Finland and I meet these people that try to recreate this music, which to me seemed impossible um, back then. And I didn't want to believe them. I was like, Pink Floyd? Mm, no, no. You <laughs> 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 have to see it first. So I went to one of their rehearsals and I was extremely impressed and they really proved me wrong. Um, and then I asked if I could perhaps audition um, for the band. And they agreed and they accepted me. Um, and then Lauren, uh, April's sister, uh, was another girl that joined us uh, later on. Uh, we needed a soprano and that's how I met her. And um, we've had incredible adventures together. And, you know, those girl moments in backstage, you know, doing each other's makeup and uh, giggling and, you know, getting excited together and uh, beautiful, beautiful memories. But then also incredible friendships uh, that last until today. Um, and yes, I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't for that band and meeting more <laughs> Coming to Florida to visit her uh, two years ago and meeting your entire family. April. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. That's so. It's so funny that your love of Pink Floyd has opened all of these doors in your life. You um, sang in Pulse, a band that played to over a thousand people. In Finland, you um, were able to travel more of the world and, and meet more people and have this beautiful friendship come out of it. So that's very inspiring. Yeah, yeah, really. And um, it's, uh, it's something that when I think about it, um, I sometimes feel like, wow. That really happened. And, you know, because I had a set of dreams um, as a little girl and that was one of them uh, and it came true. And it's really strange when dreams that you really held somewhere very deep in your heart come true. Um, so, yeah, that's that's one of them. And I'm very, very grateful that it happened. Mm. I love that story. 
How incredible. So Anna, switching gears a little, one of the things that we always like to talk to our guests about when they are living outside of the U.S. and knowing also that you've lived in a few different countries, can you talk to us about some of the ways that women and men are supported equally in the workplace in Denmark? Because in a lot of places, they aren't supported equally. Yes, that's true. Um, and I, I think... Uh, I have an example or I know what it's like not to feel fully supported in a workplace because, um, well, I grew up in Poland in a very, um, how should I say, challenging times um, right after uh, the communist regime had lifted. And uh, I was a teenager in the 90s and this is when the country started gaining momentum and started rising uh, and becoming, um, yeah, a fully democratic uh, country with uh, opportunities to grow your business or, uh, uh, yeah, working in different companies. But, you know, it was a long process. And I remember that as a young uh, adult, fresh out of university, Mm, I really struggled finding uh, finding jobs or actually jobs that I wanted because um, I originally studied uh, film and media and I really wanted to work in uh, culture. Um, but basically all the jobs that I could find back then were internships, uh, unpaid, unpaid internships or freelancing um, that really wouldn't pay enough to be able to move out of my parents' house. It was extremely frustrating. Um, and uh, workplace in Poland back then, I feel like was not a very supportive place uh, as well. So actually when, yeah, there's been a series of events that um, resulted in me moving to Finland completely unplanned um, and I remember the shock of finding myself in a Nordic country uh, suddenly and um, seeing how relaxed life is or can be and I remember things that would strike me in Finland as wow that's that's incredible. But then realizing actually this is normal and this should be normal. People should not stress too much. For example, it's um, let's say 5.30 PM uh, and you're still at the office and people come to you and ask you, what are you still doing here? I mean, it's 5.30 time to go home. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, not in Poland. Like, I don't know what it's like in Poland right now because I haven't lived there for 13 years or 14 years. And I'm sure things have changed. But back then, um, in 2006, seven, um, oh, yeah, that's definite, that was definitely not the case. Um, and don't get me wrong, Poland as a European country still does have uh, benefits that probably are impressive in countries that do not have free education, free healthcare. So yeah, I grew up having all these available to me. And actually, now that I think about it, taking them quite much for granted. 
it's only now that I realize that it's something that is not available to everybody. But to me, it was a very, how should I say it? Like this obvious thing. Of course, I'm going to go to college for free. Everybody can. So in that sense, Poland's still a very fine place to, to, to be in. But then you go to a country like Finland, where uh, many other things uh, are uh, super impressive. So the fact that um, maternity leave can be split between uh, women and men, um, and that men actually have a chance to, to really participate, and the length of uh, maternity leave the fact that it's very easy for women uh, and men uh, to go back to work uh, after the maternity leave is over because the kindergarten and childcare is partly um, reimbursed by by the welfare system free healthcare i can say that uh, in my entire lifetime except the years that I've lived in Ireland, I haven't paid a penny for anything uh, that relates to my health. So these are the things that you, some of them you take for granted. I take for granted the ones that were available to me in Poland, but then you really see the difference when, when you go through an upgrade suddenly and Scandinavia or Nordic countries in general, I could say that it's a, it's an upgrade. You pay taxes, you pay very high taxes, but what you get in return is a feeling of um, safety. I have a story that happened two years ago at work uh, when I actually had a burnout, an episode of a burnout at work. And um, I can tell you the way I have been supported both at work and by the state uh, in that period of time has been incredible. First of all, my managers uh, took it really seriously, did not make me feel like I failed at anything. They were actually really concerned for my health, for my well-being. Uh, they told me instantly to go home and take care of myself. Um, during that time, I've been receiving full salary. And then um, if you go through uh, a period like this here in Denmark, you get support also from your doctor who tells you how to take care of yourself um, in times when you've been under a lot of stress and now you need to sort of be uh, and let yourself uh, breathe and uh, get back on your feet again. Uh, I remember I've been receiving uh, support uh, from uh, public um, public workers or public sector worker uh, from the unemployment office um, who was calling me and checking up on me every month to see um, if my stress leave is going well. Um, am I taking enough rest? Uh, and then they made sure that once I'm ready to go back to work, that it also happens gradually and that uh, I'm supported throughout that process as well. And then that's both for my managers 
and also um, that's a representative of the welfare uh, system that was supporting me. So it's been an incredible experience. I wouldn't say it was a very good experience because nobody wants to go through a burnout, right? But the amount of support I got from people around me um, was absolutely stunning to me. Um, and I cannot believe that this is something that um, is just available to you here in Denmark. I don't know, like, it sounds like a fairy tale for somebody that uh, lives, you know, grew up in Poland, for example. We, you don't get support like that anywhere else. I also don't think you would get as much support in Ireland. So it's something really, really, really special and lets you get back on your feet. Um, and I feel like there's so many people that perhaps in another place in the world go through the same course of events, but then suddenly maybe they need to quit their job or maybe they are even let go from their job and suddenly find themselves burned out, stressed, unable to pay their bills. I cannot imagine being in that situation and I feel so lucky that I'm living in a place that uh, knows different ways of handling, uh, of handling situations like that. Incredibly, incredibly grateful. Yeah. I agree with your statement about just the level of support, but also what I took from that story is that, you know, in, in a lot of places, or at least I guess from my experience in the U.S., a lot of people don't have that much work-life balance and people work themselves to the point, you know, of, of just being a workaholic or there's, there's in a lot of companies and a lot of industries here in the U S there's almost like a badge of honor for just working all the time. So people work 60, 70, 80 hours a week uh, in some industries and, and they do it with a sense of pride, but it's also like, if you take a step back and think about it, nobody is nobody should be living to work. You work to live, right? You, you work to support all the other fun things that you want to do and to put a roof over your head and buy yourself food. So I love that part about your story that it sounds like that work-life balance is really um, valued and also, you know, your, your mental and physical health in addition to just the job that you're doing. Yes. Yes, that's true. That's true. I completely agree with you. Um, on the other hand, I can say, because I don't want to paint a very rosy picture, mm -hmm. um, I've recently entered a new industry, um, a gaming industry. So currently I work uh, in a company that's making uh, free-to-play uh, mobile games. And actually gaming industry, um, Denmark, Finland, worldwide, is known for a little bit of... Uh, a less work-life balance, uh, if you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. um, so actually working overtime in gaming companies is more common, even here in Scandinavia. And uh, I've experienced it, actually. And it's quite new to me um, that there's, um, there's cases where you'd be expected to work overtime, even. But that's very, very special for this specific industry. Yeah, I, I I understand. I have heard that here, you know, in in like you mentioned the gaming industry and and perhaps also the tech world at large. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I think it's partly because things are changing so fast. 
So to be able to keep up, you just need to maybe put some extra work, like even overall as a company, right? You just constantly need to run to catch up with everybody else or to be faster than everybody else. But I think it also varies um, what sort of a tech company you're in. So, yeah. Well, I would love to switch gears and talk about traveling. So you've lived <laughs> in many places in Europe and you've traveled all over the world. What is it about traveling that draws you? We're doing a, an audio call, but you should, you should see the smile on my face right now. <laughs> World, the word travel <laughs> my face is like woo <laughs> I love it um, I think alright there's an angle to this story I grew up in very interesting times in a very interesting place um, so back, back when I was about 10 years old or something um it really was not very easy to travel um when you lived in poland um and i remember when i was eight years old and that was i think just a few months before the berlin wall went down me and my mom had a chance to visit her friend her childhood friend who back then uh lived in Western Germany. So uh, to us, people living behind the Iron Curtain back then, um, this was incredible. Sometimes you you wouldn't even be able to get a passport and leave the country, not to mention, you know, being able to afford to travel. Um, And this was the first time I ever went abroad. I remember we traveled in this uh, <laughs> horrible old bus. Uh, I remember till today that it smelled of gasoline inside. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. So I think it was an 18 or 20 hour uh, journey. And, you know, when you're a kid, some things really stand out to you some sensations so i just remember when we crossed the border between eastern and western germany and i saw a highway for the first time in my life uh and like the contrast between the dark streets of uh you know eastern block countries because there was not much light in the streets if you can believe that like that's something that I clearly remember from being a child dark dark streets suddenly we cross that border to western Germany and everything's bright there's lights everywhere and the cars are going so super fast in the highway um I remember the air smells differently I think that particular moment in my past marked me and just shaped my way of thinking in, 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 a, in a very certain way. I just knew that all I want to do is to be able to experience the world. I don't want to be prevented from seeing places uh, in my life. However, 
I kind of still were uh, for a long time. Like I remember that the next time I got to go to some Western Western exciting country um, was Italy and I was 16 back then. So in between, I think uh, of the age of eight and 16, I only got to travel to uh, our neighboring countries like Slovakia and don't get me wrong, super beautiful places. But you know, when you're, when, when it's difficult to go somewhere, you want to go there extra much. Um, so I just remember that I had the dream of like, I just want to see the world. Just, you know, this is what I want to do. Um, and the more I traveled, the more I fell in love uh, with, with traveling. And um, I suddenly, you know, went to places where I met some people and uh, suddenly started having some friends back then it was actually pen pals do you remember that yes <laughs> I do <laughs> uh, do we need to explain to your audience here what that word means or do we assume that everybody knows what a pen pal is <laughs> Jeez, I mean I I know what it is from my childhood so my assumption is that people know but you know there may be listeners who don't know yeah, so a pen pal is a person um, that you maybe met in real life, but not necessarily. Um, and you're exchanging paper letters with that person. <laughs> I love that you have to specify that it's paper letters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, what just, an adventure for you. Yes. So I remember just, you know, already being able to travel uh, around Europe more freely. That was already just that dream come true. Um, but I remember when I was in high school, there were these few kids that um, had maybe family somewhere like Australia or I remember there was this girl that had family in Chicago and she would always go visit her aunt in Chicago every summer and really believe me back then uh, going to somewhere overseas that was really not something available to uh, to any of us the rest of the the rest of the kids um, so unless you had a family member somewhere, um, that would uh, support you in getting a visa and uh, sponsoring your tickets, just forget about it. So mm -hmm. <laughs> that was another dream of mine. And I remember, you know, even traveling by plane somewhere, um, in the times, um, before the locust airlines, uh, appeared, um, that was a problem as well. So actually I traveled around Europe um, by bus until I was 24 or something. That's the first time when I, when I took a plane somewhere at the age of 24. Can you believe that? So, wow. Yeah. Like being prevented from doing something, I think it really pushes you to be like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to do it no matter what, no matter how, uh, you know. And I want to talk about one particular place that was 
that very, very, very special place, for some reason, I focused all my attention on that one place as the biggest dream almost of my entire life. Like, probably if I had to tell you my goals in life at the age of 20-something or 15 or whatever, I'll tell you, I don't care what happens in my life. I just want to see New York. I know to you guys or you know I'm I'm not sure how many people in the world may have a dream like that but to me that was the biggest dream of my life to go to that city uh, and experience it and breathe the air and see the people and just feel the energy um, and I'm, I really have to tell you that the first time I actually made it happen and I actually went there with uh, a Greek friend of mine, a colleague, who had the exact same dream as me. Uh, and she was just as excited as me. I remember we were holding hands on the plane and, you know, tears falling down our cheeks when we saw uh, Manhattan skyline, you know, super far away at night from the JFK airport. It's just like, I cannot describe the chills and everything that I felt in my body when this was happening because I knew, okay, I can breathe now. This is the biggest dream of my life and it's happening. And that feeling of, you know, like this is palpable to me right now. Like it was, it was just incredible. And um, boy, I was not disappointed with it. <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like the the thing one of the things that you connect with traveling is freedom yes yes and um oh wow that's actually very interesting that you said that because so I've been doing uh, uh, psychotherapy for a while now mm -hmm. for several months and I did this very interesting exercise uh, with my therapist there which was uh, values. And I remember she placed on the table in front of me tons of little papers with different values written on them. And uh, the purpose of the exercise was to look at all of them and eliminate the ones that completely don't, you know, they just, they're not yours. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then narrow down and down and down and down. And then in the end, you stay with five or six I think she let me pick six in the end <laughs> <laughs> but the number one value that I that I've chosen was freedom wow yeah. wow uh, and I think that w when I saw this it really hit me like this this is true this is the most important thing in my life freedom and being autonomous and being independent I think this is the theme of my life. Um, and yeah, you're very right. Traveling is a part of it because it came from a place of prevention and not being free to do it in the first place. Mm -hmm. That's something that people that are several years younger than me, they're not going to understand that even if they grew up in Poland, right? Because it's just that very specific time in which I was born. And of course, also the generation of uh, my parents, of course, they would, they would know what I'm talking about 
uh, as well, right? But people that are already five or 10 years younger than me, they, they have no idea. They've grown up, they've been growing up in a country um, that's quite different from, uh, you know, the times where I grew up. So, yeah. You know, Anna, I think that in addition to the freedom that you love so much, I noticed that you just have such a zest for life. So I'm curious, as we're wrapping up our conversation with you today, what would be your best piece of advice for women who are also looking to take their next step forward? Hmm. That's a very beautiful question. And um, I would say that you may be doing plans and it's good to have goals in life. And I think it's also extremely important to have dreams in life, something that's going to drive you. Mm, But how you're going to get there is not necessarily the way you think you you should be getting there. Or I think that you should leave the door open to taking chances. Um, leave the door open to things going a little bit in in a different direction that you thought they should go. Um, And um, don't panic when your plans don't go um, the way you imagined they would go. Um, Because I really strongly believe everything's happening for a reason. And a few years from now, you're going to look back and be like, well, that's, totally makes sense now or if it wasn't for this thing that happened back then I wouldn't be here doing this and that or knowing these people or I don't know there's just a beauty in the way life throws unpredictable things at us and I really truly believe in this serendipity but you you have to kind of give yourself in and that means that sometimes you may just have to step out of your comfort zone and uh, just go with the flow and not resist because sometimes we have this tendency to to resist and be very stubborn and like no I really just you know want things to be in a certain way but I feel like once you let go things yeah become unpredictable but then oh my god there's so many things that may be waiting corner don't go around the corner and check out what's what's out there for you (laughs) all of the possibilities (laughs) yes and thank you for just opening the door with us today and um this has just been a wonderful conversation likewise and it's been really exciting to be uh talking to you girls because i am a huge fan of your podcast oh thank Thank you you. (laughs) well with that we want to say thanks to everyone for joining us today and again thanks so much to you anna for taking the time to share your story with us thank you as always we're looking forward to sharing more stories soon In the meantime, check out our website at herstepforward.com or follow us on Instagram at herstepforward for all the latest updates. If you'd like to reach out to us, shoot us a message on Instagram or email us at info at herstepforward.com. See you next time.